Welcome to the Story Scribe Podcast, the place in which we talk about stories, whether they are in books, on screen, over a speaker, or around a table. I'm your host, Blake Oliver. Today's episode is simply titled, Conclusion. It's the end of my dissertation. It's the end of this series uh, on academia in creative writing for this season. Uh, So hopefully you've enjoyed it so far, and I think that this will wrap up a lot of the thoughts. Here we go. Through this dissertation, U.S. speculative fiction is examined as a discourse on migration under the assumption that the imagined worlds are predicated on the real-world cultural context. Each of the chapters focused on a popular and awarded work in which a migrating other was defined as evil and analyzed the ways in which the work subverts that message, and, by extension, the real-world meta-narratives of other. Each of the works could easily be the focus of entire dissertations on their own, but analyzing them together allows for a broader context of speculative fiction and issues around U.S. migration. While the works examined here may appear different on a surface level, each of them speculate about circumstances quite different from our own to confront problems relevant to present reality. Engaged works of speculative fiction may present other realities, but their alternative worlds will comment on this world. Usually the only differences between the genres of science and fantasy are matters of rhetoric, the way an idea is introduced, the vocabulary used to describe it, the manner in which it is made an element of the story. Saga balances the different terminology between the warring fantasy and science fiction planets within, actively depicting how closely related the use of science and magic appears in speculative fiction from the first time it is used. The two sides attempting to destroy Hazel's family just after she was born was either energy from laser guns or magic from swords and staves. And it's depicted uh, on page 17 of Saga. Uh, on one side there the top panel is uh, a bunch of guys with laser guns and the center panel is uh, Marco and Elena Elena's wing gets hit and uh, she cries out and on the other side uh, taking some blaster fire are some uh, people with horns who have uh, swords and staves and there is magic rushing away from them toward the Uh, toward the others, the ones with wings and the robot uh, TV-headed people. In each of the works analyzed, a speculative uh, culture is created with a different imagined history and location. The speculative culture forms a different worldview and depicts others as outsiders to the culture. The commentary on real-world migration comes from analyzing the imagined other and their interactions with the culture. In Game of Thrones by George R. R. Martin, the free folk are trapped outside of civilization by an ancient wall and rhetoric which strips them of humanity as they flee a supernatural threat, depicting that the true threat is not the immigrant, but what is forcing them to flee their home. In American Gods by Neil Gaiman, old gods are dying out while new gods rise, representative of lost heritage to the expectation of immigrant assimilation into American culture. 
In Saga by Brian K. Vaughn, an interracial family is forced to seek refuge because their love undermines the racism fueling the intergalactic war. A testament that racial social constructions are arbitrary as it depicts their plight as asylum seekers. Uh, Brian Atterbury defines speculative fiction's ability to create symbols with some distance to reality as allowing moral and emotional truths to be told which the conscious mind cannot grasp or fears to face. If, as Janelle Marie Evans suggests, it falls to the arts to create both a new framework for encompassing humanity and a new language whereby that same humanity may be examined, discussed, and eventually understood without the incorporation of an arbitrary measuring tool or scale of comparison, which must necessarily define some of the falling or some of falling short of what is required to be included in the definition of humanity. Then the works of speculative fiction and their use of symbolism are ready are already making an effort to encompass humanity through varied invented ethnicities and alien races. Recognizing the exploration of the other as they cross borders is taking the depictions of the works seriously. In speculative fiction, the real world is taken and reformed in an imaginative sense, allowing for more thoughtful and meaningful experiments of morality, empathy, and societal structure that can be provided through the kinds of thought experiments usually provided by ethicists and other philosophers. The context provided by a speculative fiction provides enough distance from reality to create powerful tools which, ideally, bring about a greater understanding of the real world and a greater empathy of the real people in it. Literary speculative fiction, through its use of imagination, allows the reader to examine worlds of specifically chosen values. Through this examination, the reader has the ability to examine the gap between reality and the created world. Through the imagined visualizations, the reader explores options for what a better world could look like. Instead of seeing people as irreconcilably different due to national, ethnic, or racial boundaries, readers of speculative fiction are exposed to faults in culture formation, which creates these boundaries. By crossing the borders of reality into speculative fiction, learning to be empathetic for characters who are distinctly different, the reader will ideally be more willing to view real people who are different with empathy. The popularity of the works, including the awards earned, recognizes how successful their creators are in these explorations. This ideally means that the messages of empathy are taken seriously as the works uh, spread, that they will not be seen as diminished by their use of the imagination. The greatest obstacle to this goal is the fact that speculative fiction is often derided as fluff with no insight into reality. Those who don't or can't read fantasy consider themselves superior to it and to the rest of us, as if colorblind people were to declare the use of red and green to be an aesthetic defect. The tremendous popularity of popular fantasy texts only tends to make those colorblind people even more resentful. While there are works of speculative fiction which are non-literary, works in other genres fall short of literariness without limiting others. The worst works of the Western genre do not diminish Corbeck McCarthy's. What makes the works of speculative fiction unique is their ability to ease discussions of the other, including representations of migration. These discussions expound on the real cultural implication, uh, implications of these stories. 
Whether fantasy can affect political change or not is ultimately beside the point. These novels perform the critical work of symbolic action, denoting the public work of private imagination. While there is a recent movement of considering speculative works seriously, there is still a relative lack of academic works within the genre, and more study needs to be done in creating frameworks for understanding how speculative fiction depicts truths about reality. This analysis hopefully paves the way for more serious academic work in speculative fiction, which considers its texts as cultural artifacts created within a cultural context with the ability to create an awareness of cultural powers, including identity formation and exclusion. We'll be right back. And so that's it. That's my whole dissertation uh, over several episodes. Uh, hopefully, if you've gone back and listened to the original episodes, you've you've seen the progression of it. Uh, it took a long time. It took months to write. Uh, and, and several, several drafts to even get that good. Uh, it, it's why there are a couple of parts. There's only, I think, like one or two typos that are legitimate typos. Uh, I realize I am not necessarily the best reader. I think I, I do better when I am allowed to just talk. So maybe for the future episodes where I'm just talking more, uh, that'll be better. Uh, I do have a slight lisp every now and again especially when i read other people's words or even apparently my own uh so there there's a, a little bit of a stutter and a little bit of a, a lisp but hopefully that didn't bother it too much um but standing out and thinking back on it why why do you want to write a dissertation about a bunch of speculative fiction? And I think that kept coming up of i was trying to prove as i was writing especially because um my professor didn't necessarily say this, but you could tell that she thought there were other ideas that maybe I, I should explore that may have been more worthwhile. Um, and so the entire time I was very self-conscious about proving not only that I am saying what I'm saying, but what I'm saying is important because the works are important. And even, you know, in, in my personal life since, I've, I've found people who kind of deride uh, speculative fiction as a total um, and, and that, you know, always kind of bums me out and makes me mad. So, you know, I, I love the Mandalorian on Disney plus, and, you know, I've heard people, someone was like, well, there's an episode where his ship is just very blown up, uh, and, and partially destroyed and still able to fly. And someone was like, man, that shouldn't be able to happen. And kind of like I mentioned in the, the chapter three episode, uh, that, if you think too much along those lines, you're missing the point because you're trying to focus on on the science part, and it's not even trying to be sciency. Like there's no scientist trying to solve a science question in The Mandalorian. Like that is not the point of that work. Uh, it just happens to have spaceships to tell the story, um, and and so that setting kind of lends itself to us start to think about starting to think about it in terms of science, uh, but thinking about it as a hard science makes it not worth thinking about because um, you're looking at it at the wrong angle. Um, you know, 
I, I think that there's a lot of, of great works out there to analyze and, and to think about um, how speculative fiction is talking about the real world. And one of my favorite places to do that is, of course, uh, tabletop role-playing games and in, uh, besides, of course, the, the books and the movies that I'm am re- always reading, the, the video games that I'm playing, uh, you know, Witcher is a great example of, they've got a lot to say about, a lot um, about uh, female empowerment uh, in the character of Yennefer in a lot of cases. Uh, it, it's not just about a, a guy who goes around killing monsters and sleeping with mages. Uh, that That is a, a part of it, but it's not the only part. Uh, it's not even the main part. It just happens. Um, and so it's the... The, the, the things that they end up talking about, and especially when I'm thinking about Witcher and Dragon Age and what I usually end up doing with my own table is you start to talk about the differences of nations and cultures and you start to think about the differences uh, between, especially in fantasy where they are split into distinct races. It allows you to really think about, well, so if my character uh, is an elf, how do they feel about all of these people who die hundreds of years before they do? Uh, and, and what does that mean? So one of my favorite settings is uh, Eberron, um, and, and that is the is one where they distinctly have a whole bunch of nations listed out, as opposed to uh, the Forgotten Realms, where it's kind of like city-states, but they're maybe kingdoms? I, I don't know enough about the Forgotten Realms, to be honest. Um, it, it seems to be more of a city-state medieval situation. Um, but in... You know, Witcher, uh, you, you've got different nations, and in Eberron, you've got different nations. And so one of my favorite things about uh, Eberron in my own campaign that I'm playing at home right now is one of my characters is Ondarian, where, you know, there's a lot of magic, and everyone does magic all the time. It, magic is very common. And then right now they're in Brayland, uh, specifically Sharn. And if you don't know anything about the setting, Sharn is like fantasy New York City. And Brayland is kind of like, to me, especially uh, an industrial hub. So even though, you know, the official stuff doesn't say that it's like steampunky, like pretty much everyone makes it a steampunk place uh, of some sort. And I make it like literally coal, which I know is not technically what I was supposed to do, but I love the idea of the smokestack uh, and, and like trains actually using uh, some some kind of pollutant uh, to really give that visualization of it as a darker, sootier place uh, than on day or when they go. It's all shiny and bright and new. Um, and, and so even being able to compare the two different settings, you have a very different visualization about what everything looks like, uh, how people treat others. So, you know, my characters mostly are from Sharn or Braylon. So as soon as they left the city, they were like, man, you all don't have a lot of the things that we're used to having, like just sky cabs, where they're literally like flying little boats uh, that, that will take people from point A to point B. Uh, and, and so they got to another city and they're like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll just catch a sky cab. I was like make make a perception check you do not see any sky cabs and they're like wait what and like you they asked the passerby and they're like where's the sky cabs and they were like what's a sky cab uh because in in on dare they just don't have those 
uh, they, they travel in a different way. And, you know, they actually thought, you know, you all look kind of dirty and dingy because you all come from like a soot place, uh, you know, versus, you know, they all use prestidigitation cleaning all the time, magic cleaning all the time. Uh, and, and so I think that's one way to look at it. And if you look at outsiders, so like I said, there's a character who is uh, on Darien and in Eberron, a giant civil war of an old kingdom just ended and split up on Dare from Breitland and three other nations. And so one of the character being on Darien and with the party, every now and again, the war comes up and they're like, oh yeah, we hate on Darians. And he's like, I haven't talked yet, have I? And I'm like, I don't think you have. And he's like, I don't, I just stopped talking. I'm not talking to anybody here. Um, and so talking about using even the game to kind of play through the outsiders, whether you're trying to make a point with it or not, it adds a, a different kind of flavor. Uh, my characters, my, my game is uh, particularly role play heavy the way I like to run it. Uh, and that is why I like to use those certain aspects. My players usually like to explore those certain aspects. Uh, and it means that it, it is a pretty fun thing to do. So that's it. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard here today, uh, hopefully you've already listened to the past episodes in this series. Uh, please go back and listen to them if you haven't. Uh, if you liked what you heard, go ahead and go over to Patreon uh, and uh, slash CBOliver22, and that will help support me uh, to create these sorts of things and to keep writing uh, the various things that I write. Uh, if you are so interested in D&D, I have several things on the Dungeon Masters Guild that you might be able to pick up under Blake Oliver. Uh, and if you would like to just see more of what's going on, you can check out the podcast and blog uh, website over at storyscribe.org. Take care, get out there, enjoy some stories, and we'll see you back here next time. Thanks. Also, it's November 1st, which means it is National Novel Writing Month, so get out there and write if you have any interest in doing so. The goal is 50,000 words uh, within one month, but if you can't do that, that is fine. I think the idea is just to get out there and get some writing done. Uh, check out nanorimo.org. Uh, I'm not being paid to say this, just if you have any interest in it, this is me encouraging you. Go out and write stories. Go do it. <laughs>